thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. We've been teaching on some of the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's ministry. And so we've been looking at the, the episode of Blind Bartimaeus. And I tell you what, you'd have to go back and watch the previous shows to see what was said about this because we're partway through it, but we don't want you to miss what was said previously. And I don't have time to say it all again today. But the thing we so appreciate, I so value that the Holy Spirit out of all the multitudes of miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry, there were about 19 individuals that received healing that the Holy Spirit spotlighted for us. The reason he did that and didn't record everything, well, John said the books itself, the world itself couldn't contain all the books if what should have or could have been written was written. But um, the Holy Spirit saw fit to have 19 of them recorded of individual cases, not referring to the multitudes, but individuals, about 19 or so. And evidently in those 19 cases is everything we need to know about how to receive healing yeah. and how to minister healing. Right. So we want to be good students of those 19 things and study them. And we've started that and we're going through basically breaking down these passages one line at a time. So thank you for doing that with us. Thank you to my studio audience here that are, they're here to receive it. And so we're having a good time. So we've done two previous episodes talking about blind Bartimaeus who has now healed Bartimaeus. Um, but we want to finish up with that today, but Mark chapter 10, and let's read that passage together. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46, it reads, and they came to Jericho. And as Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, or basically they told him, be quiet. Mm -hmm. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received Look at that, immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. 
I want you to, and we touched on this briefly, that uh, blind Bartimaeus, he heard Jesus was coming. Evidently, he knew something about him. It matters what you hear when you need something from God. Keep hearing the word. When you're faced with a need and you need a miracle, you don't have room for anything but what God says. I mean, you've got to deal with every thought that opposes what God says. Deal with every word that would be spoken to you, even from out here somewhere, whether it's from people or whether it's from the enemy bringing suggestions. Whatever comes to you out here, anything that is not in agreement with what God says, brother, you cast it down, you get rid of it. Do not let it turn over and over in your mind because when you need a miracle, there's only room for what God says. Amen. The next thing that blind Bartimaeus did is he called out. He cried out, meaning this, faith has a call. Faith calls for things. Why? Because what you need isn't always there. You can tell it to get there. Listen, uh, God's provided everything we need for victory in this life, yes. but it's up to us to take possession of it. Right. We will not float into possessing what he's made ours. Right. We have to on purpose make, make steps of faith. And one of those steps of faith is calling, mm-hmm. calling those things which be not as though they were. The Bible tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Mm-hmm. Well, if the redemption worked automatically, why do we even have to say anything? It doesn't work automatically. It works at our command. It works at the, at the saying of our faith. It works at the call of our faith. And so it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So he has redeemed us, but we have to call ourselves redeemed. We have to call ourselves healed. We have to call ourselves blessed. We have to call ourselves prosperous. Amen. And if we don't say so, it won't work as it ought. Hallelujah. So faith calls. And this is one of the things we see that blind Bartimaeus did. He called and he kept calling. And notice what he called for. He called for mercy. The mercy of God. Healing is a flow of the mercy of God. And he understood that because he called out for mercy. I tell you what, Jesus delights to heal. He loves to heal. He loves to heal. You don't have to coerce him into healing. You don't have to wrench healing out of the hand of the Father. He delights to heal. Amen. Amen. And so those that were around blind Bartimaeus told him, be quiet, quit calling, shut up, you're too loud. But notice they weren't calling. Don't let people who aren't in faith tell you. Don't take your counsel from people who aren't calling. That's right. That's right. And when they told him to shut up, you know what his, what his reply to them was? He got louder. Yes. That's exactly when circumstances tell you to shut up, yes. when pressure tells you to yes. shut up, yes. when opposition tells you to shut up. Now you know the appropriate approach for you to make. Get louder. Yes. <laughs> Call more. Call more. Amen. Why? You're showing I refuse to let go. I refuse to let go. And I don't care how much everything around me tells me it's not working. I refuse to let go. Amen. Amen. And while he was calling, uh, Jesus, who was on his way, he was just going down the highway. He's going from one community to the next. He was not on the, his purpose was not to seek out blind Bartimaeus. He was on a different mission. But because blind Bartimaeus called, Jesus heard faith. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter where, the, where Jesus was headed. When he heard faith, he stopped for it. Yes. I want you to know the power of God knows faith. And when faith is heard, the power will stop. Miracle power will stop. Healing power will stop for faith. 
Amen. Amen. And so Jesus stopped for this man who the crowd didn't think was worthy. They told him, be quiet. They told him to shut up. Uh, You know what? You need to have compassion on people. When people are suffering, it needs to matter to you. Amen. 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 And these people, the suffering of this man didn't matter to them. And they told him, just be quiet. And uh, Jesus said, he called for him, for him to come. Notice, uh, the Bible tells us that in verse 50, look at this, it says, and blind Bartimaeus casting away his garment, Mm -hmm. he rose and he came to Jesus. Now see, he's a blind man finding his way to Jesus through a crowd. Notice Jesus didn't go, if I could say this, Jesus didn't do everything for him. Jesus didn't say, oh, he's blind, I'll go to him. Jesus told a blind man, come to me. He had to find his way through that crowd, get past people, navigate through people. And uh, it says that he cast away his garment. And uh, you may may have heard the the importance of this before, that this garment that he had was back then. Now today, you can see people that are on street corners and stuff and they'll stop and they'll ask people for money. Mm -hmm. They'll say they're homeless or they need a job or whatever. Well, back during this day, you had to have a legitimate need to be a beggar in that society. So basically the government would issue those with a legitimate need, they would issue them a garment to wear. Then anybody could see when they were approaching that this person had on a garment, they have a legitimate need. And so basically people would tend to be more generous because they knew their their need would be legitimate. And so this is what the significance of it is and why the Bible says he cast off his garment. Because really to the reader, what does it matter to us whether or not he was wearing a garment and whether it's cast off? Because it wasn't just an overcoat. It was his license to beg. Uh It was permission from the government to beg. And it showed him as legitimate needs. So when it says he cast off his garment, he cast off his permission to beg. I no longer needing this. Now, don't you think that really that garment would be of great value to someone else? (laughs) That they might be really quick to scoop that thing up. But he cast off his garment saying, I will never need to beg again. I have found Jesus. Amen. He has seen me. He has heard my faith and I will never need this again. And so he cast away his garment. Can I say this? He had faith to cast it away. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cast away something trying to get faith. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Many have cast away medication. They've cast away if they're trying to stop smoking or whatever, they'll throw it out and then they'll turn around and go buy it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not casting it off that gives you faith. It's because you have faith you cast it off. That's right. good. Amen. It's not about getting rid of stuff. It's about getting faith in. Get faith in. Once faith comes in and faith grows, you'll cast off stuff without struggling. Amen. Amen. But he cast it off because he had faith. He didn't do it to try to get faith. He wasn't trying to strong arm God into healing me. I cast this off. You better do something. No, it's because you're going to do something. That's why I cast it off. You see. So he casting off his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. Notice the expectancy of faith. Yeah. Um, Then verse 51 says this, And Jesus answering and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. 
Now, when somebody is blind to someone that's an onlooker, it's obvious. Their eyes don't look normal. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll see them, their eyes are, the, the eyelids are shut or the eyes are rolled. Or even if you can see the eyes, you can see the, the coloring. Something of them is off. Someone normally, the majority of the time when they're blind, it's obvious to someone looking at them. Yeah. Jesus would have recognized this as a blind man. Yeah. But notice he says, what do you want me to do for you? Uh-huh. Right. Mm. Now, to somebody who say, well, isn't he the son of God? Why didn't he know? Yes, he knew obviously what was needed, but he was asking by Bartimaeus, what do you have faith for? That's right. Yes. What do you have faith for? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, kn- Jesus knows that people have needs, but just because they have needs doesn't right. mean they're exercising faith. That's right. I was... This is kind of a comical thing for me to look back on. My husband, of course, had a strong healing ministry. For years, he, he operated under a healing anointing that came upon him in 1971. And uh, I was with him in many services where he was ministering healing. And I'll never forget years ago, there was a man who came up and he struggled to get up. He was on crutches and he struggled and he came up to the line using the crutches And Ed stood in front of him and the man's leg was in a cast. And I think there might've been some kind of a brace or something along with it. And Ed said to the man, what do you need? Now people would look at that and go, what do you mean? What do you need? The man's coming up on crutches. He's got his leg in a cast and you asked him what he needed. Well, that's what Jesus did. He asked him, what do you need? When it looked obvious what he would need. And the man said, I had problems with my shoulders. Uh And Ed said, you had problems with your shoulders? And he said, yeah, using the crutches has bothered my shoulders. (laughs) And of course, you can hear a slight chuckling kind of in a ripple effect throughout the congregation because brother, the reason you have shoulder problems is because of the crutches, because of the leg, right? But what was obvious to us was not obvious to the man who had the need. Um, and Ed said, so your shoulders are hurting you. He said, yes, these crutches are hurting my shoulders. Ed said, your leg bothering you? He said, no, I don't have any problem with that. (laughs) And we just go, okay. So Ed said, I'll minister to whatever you ask me to minister to. And see, he said, yeah, minister to my shoulders and my shoulders are hurting. So Ed ministered to his shoulders and, and uh, that he walked away, hobbling away with his leg on his crutches. And uh, just because it's obvious to us doesn't mean it's obvious to the person in need. Listen, as a pastor, and any pastor could tell you this, sometimes people in their congregations will have needs and they don't even really recognize what the real need is. They're dealing with another symptom of it. And sometimes they don't even recognize, they think that their need is one thing, but it's really another thing. Jesus was saying, just because your need looks obvious to me doesn't mean it's obvious to you. What do you have your faith on? That's right. Amen. Amen. So no matter, uh, no matter what you may need, God can only move for you based on what you have your faith on. Yeah. Right. That's 
Right. He doesn't just heal needs. He heals where there's faith for that yes. to be to be ministered to. Amen. Amen. So that's why Jesus asked him. It's a pertinent, it's a pertinent valid question, right? Yes. What is it that you want me to do for you? Uh, before you pray for someone, you see, Jesus is showing us something. Mm-hmm. If we're going to minister healing to someone, you need to know what are they believing for. Right. Right. You, can't, you can't see what they need and go, oh, I know what they need. Well, you may know what they need, but you don't know what they're believing. Right. So he's showing us this. And when we're ministering to people, you have to find out what are they believing for? You know, sometimes... Um, Sometimes somebody may have a medical condition that can be dealt with basically with medication. Or, you know, you, they can come to church and say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Well, what is it you need? Well, I've got a condition. What's the doctor say that I need to be on medication? Well, what are you believing for? Because I can pray with you one of two ways. I can pray with you to be healed of that condition, or I can pray with you that that medication would do a quick work. You know, you've got to, to, to be effective. You can't pray the way for people the way you, based on what you decide they need. You have to pray for them based on what they desire. Amen. And this is what Mark 11 tells us. Mark 11, uh, 22, 23, 24. Remember in verse 24, what things ever you desire. When you pray, mm-hmm. believe you receive them. It didn't say base. It doesn't say what th- so ever things you need. Yeah. Uh-huh. What yeah. things soever you desire. Yeah. Verse fifty-two, Mark chapter ten, verse fifty-two. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way; thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So Jesus told blind Bartimaeus, it was his faith that made him whole, not Jesus' faith. Jesus didn't say, my faith made you whole. It was blind Bartimaeus' faith that made him whole. And if his faith can make him whole, your faith can make you whole. Amen. Jesus said that to blind Bartimaeus even before there was any difference. He said, your faith has made you whole. Immediately he received his sight, you see. And so... um, Jesus spoke his answer to him by faith. So it was the faith of blind Bartimaeus, but Jesus had faith enough to speak those words to him, right? I so appreciate, look at verse 52 again. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. Look at this, and followed Jesus in the way. Uh, This is a very key phrase. This verse, this passage doesn't just show us how to receive healings or how to receive miracles. It shows us what to do after we've received it. It says they followed Jesus in the way. Blind Bartimaeus didn't turn around and go back home and hang out with his buddies. He went with Jesus. He didn't run off and start living a carnal life somewhere now that he could see. He used what he had received from God for the direction of God. He went in the way of Jesus. Amen. He followed him. He became his disciple. That's what it said. He followed Jesus in the way. So it matters where you go and what you do after you're healed. Because every time, anytime we receive something from God, the devil is busy trying to steal it from us. Why? He's a thief. 
And so we don't want to give him opportunity to steal it. One of the best ways to open the door to the enemy is quit walking the right way. Mm. Uh, He was in the way where Jesus was coming. After he received his healing, he followed with him in the way. But if he were going to turn and go back to a wrong and go into a wrong lifestyle, that's an open door to the devil. Remember what Jesus told the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda? He was raised up. Remember, he was he was crippled. He took up his bed and walked. It said later he found that man in the temple. So notice the man went to church after he was healed. You go through and you'll find many times it tells us where people went after they were healed. After Jesus ministered to them because that matters. And so Jesus found this man later in the temple, the man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. And he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come on you. Mm -hmm. What was he telling him? The way you live now that you're healed is going to affect whether you keep it or not. If you go into a lifestyle of sin, something worse will come on you. Amen. It matters once you receive from Jesus that you continue to honor him the rest of your life. Amen. You live in a way that's pleasing. You live in the direction. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that your your heart is perfect toward him. Your hunger to follow him and obey him. Amen. Amen. Uh, If you've received healing, you go to a church and the pastor ministers to you for healing. You receive healing. It matters where you go to church after that. You have to attend, and I I found this out, when God sends people to our church to be ministered to and they receive healing, it's because God intends for their life to be ministered to there too. Wow, that's good. Meaning, don't just come here for your healing, come here for your life. If God meets you somewhere, it's because he has something more for you there. Pay attention to where were you when God met your need? Who were you hooked up with? I'll say this um, because you have to keep your faith fed to hold on to what God's blessed you with. Mm -hmm. If you received faith, if you received healing there, you can keep healing there. Mm -hmm. If you go to a church that doesn't preach healing, doesn't believe in it, not only will you not be healed there, but any healing you do receive can be lost there because they don't believe in it. And you get around that unbelief and without realizing it, it can seep in. It matters who you're connected to. I said it matters who you're connected to. Um, Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen was the spiritual father, if I could say this to my husband and I for decades. What's that mean? That means someone we listened to. We needed someone that knew God better than us to speak into our lives. That's why God gives his sheep a shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he has pastors sit in the body of Christ because he wants his, the lives of his sheep protected. The pastor is to be somebody who knows God better than them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're anointed to speak in and have oversight over those sheep. As long as they stay close to their pastor, there's a safety to that. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in the local church, not because I pastored, but because I know what the word says about the local church and about having a pastor. Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine, verse uh, 35, 36, that the multitudes came to him. He healed them. He was moved with compassion on them because they were sheep having no shepherd. They were fainting and scattered. 
So the condition of those without a shepherd, they faint and they're scattered. They'll faint in the in this race in the, that they're running. Yeah. Not only that, they'll be scattered. Health will be scattered. Sickness is a scattering of health. Marriages can be scattered. Divorce is a scattering of marriage. All these things, there's an anointing on the pastor to keep that sheep safe. So pay attention. Where does God meet your need at? That's probably the place he wants your life to be hooked up to. Dad Hagen was that a voice. My husband and I, listen, we were in the ministry. But we still needed somebody that we listened to. Not to dominate, not to boss, not to direct, not to rule over. Mm -hmm. Jesus was our covering. We didn't need a covering. We just needed somebody to speak into our life. Amen. Amen. Uh, But uh, Dad Hagen was that to us. Mm -hmm. Then after Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord, then my husband was that voice in my life. I mean, he, he was a, he was a, a spiritual father to many, mm-hmm. but then after he went home to be with the Lord, the first day he left, I said, okay, God, where do I go? Right. Who is that person that's going to speak into my life? Why? Because I don't, I'm not safe out here just by myself. Yeah. I know me. <laughs> you say, well, you got the Holy ghost. Yes, I do have the Holy ghost and he speaks through men. Yes. yes. That's good. I needed somebody that, because sometimes the Spirit of God will say something to you, but sometimes he'll say something to you through the man you listen to. That's why you need a pastor. And so I noticed this. The day my husband went home to be with the Lord, Brother Copeland called me just within moments. And he had the word of the Lord for my future in his mouth. He began to speak to me by the Spirit of God about my future. Well, see, I paid attention to that. Wait a minute. There's clarity for my future through this man. That must not be the only thing God has for me through this man. Because when God meets a need through a man, usually he has more for your life through that person. Pay attention to that. Don't pick up and leave that. That's what blind Bartimaeus did. You understand that? He received his miracle. He received healing through this man named Jesus. You know what he did? He picked up and followed him. My life needs him, not just my eyes. My life needs him. It's so important for Christians to understand this. You need to listen to somebody who knows God better than you. And if you don't know who that person is, that's kind of risky. (laughs) Amen. You need to know because the emergencies of life come to all of us. The crisis of life shows up to all of us. And we need to know who do we go to to encourage us. Amen. You say, well, I go to Jesus. Yes, but Jesus gave us gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, yeah. pastors, teachers. Yeah. Why? Because he will speak to our lives through these people. Mm-hmm. This is what blind Bartimaeus did. He hooked up to the one G- that God was blessing his life through. Mm-hmm. Know who that is in your life. Yes. I said, know who that is in your life and don't leave them. We've been teaching out of a book called The Healer Divine. We want you to get your copy. You can go to our website at deframeministries.org and we'll get, get that right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. 
In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.